This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. If you're someone who rents properties, have you seen the cleaning fees lately? Well, I want to talk about what you can do about it. And later, there's a free and easy way. Well, there's one that's free and one that's easy to help you lower your energy bill at your home. I'm going to talk about the free way and the easy way to do so. So, summertime travel. People who are going on family trips tend to want more than just a hotel room. And so there have been two movements in the travel business that accelerated over the last couple of years. Particularly if you avoided travel for the last couple of years because of the pandemic, you'll find there are a lot, lot, lot more hotels now, hotel rooms that are small apartments from studio apartments to full one bedrooms, rarely full two bedrooms. There's always been an extended stay kind of market in the United States, but even traditional hotels are building within their four walls a certain number of one-bedroom suites because they see the success of Airbnb and VRBO. And so the hotel industry is doing the, the most flattering thing imitating what has been working but just as hotels have had this disgusting practice of coming up with amenities fees or resort fees or fees for fees whatever they call them and they have these fees that you pay that are gotchas where you will have a room rate of so-and-so And they'll say taxes and fees. And the taxes and fees will be a huge additional amount. And most of it's not taxes. It's the add-on junk fees. Well, just as the hotels learn from Airbnb to build more and more inventory that are apartment-like within the hotel or build entire hotels that are all some level of suite from efficiency to apartment, even for single-night guests. Now Airbnb has copied feeing people to death on their Airbnb rentals. And the complaints that I've been getting are complaints. They hit us first, but now they're appearing in print and other places where people are really fed up with shopping around for an Airbnb, seeing a price on one that looks great, and then they go to check out, and suddenly the cost is so much more than what they expected. I told a story back in December or January 
about helping my middle brother who's going on a trip to Hawaii. And we were looking at a combination of hotels and Airbnbs and VRBOs in the Hawaiian Islands. And he and his wife went to, uh, let's see, Maui, the Big Island, Kauai, and also Oahu. So they went to four islands on the trip. And it was crazy when we look at something, and he was sitting with me as we tried to book each island, and we would see something and say, oh, well, look at this. It's blah, blah, blah a night. And then we'd go to check out, and it would be uh, like 50% more than we thought it would be because the property owner was charging a massive cleaning fee or some equivalent, they would call it, usually a cleaning fee. And so the cleaning fees are their new equivalent on Airbnb and VRBO to what the hotels have been doing with all the junk fees they're adding on because what's happened is in so many other parts of what we do where we shop on our phones or we shop on a laptop is people first notice the headline price and then only afterwards realize like think about when you rent a car so it's funny because car rentals they figured it out before anybody else they list a price of blah, blah, blah per day for the car rental. And then your actual price would be more than that doubled once you added in all the junk fees. Because the junk fees with a car rental usually per day are more than the actual stated price of the rental. And it's because we tend only to look at that, that initial cost. Well, as I shared with you back in the fall, Marriott after getting sued, is now when you do a search on Marriott.com, I don't know when it phases in, but it will show you for properties, it'll show you the total cost comparing one place to another instead of that headline rate of just the room rate per night. So this is a tactic that has worked in the industry to unbundle and have all these added fees where you think you're getting a deal and you're not. You got to know that's how it's played. And with Airbnbs, look very closely. If you're considering, let's say, two or three different properties at a place and one looks cheaper than the other, see what it is actually for the full bore cost when you see what it is at checkout. And what you may find out that one that looked the most expensive of the three could end up being the lowest total cost once the junk fees are added in. Just be aware be wary. And by the way, with Airbnbs, very important that you know the terms for cancellation. And Krista, the other thing we've had with Airbnb, I just did a TV story on it, is when somebody books an Airbnb months in advance, and then the owner of the Airbnb does what to them days before arrival? Cancels on them. And why are they canceling on they them? they can get more money from someone else now. Right. And Airbnb is doing no enforcement on this at all. And you need to know that there's some dirty pool being played by a small number of Airbnb owners with no action on your behalf by Airbnb where somebody realized, hey, wait a minute. The rentals now are going for three times what I confirmed on a non-refundable booking for Krista here. So I'm going to diss Krista 
and unilaterally cancel your booking and all you get is your money back you didn't have the right to cancel the other way and then they take a booking from somebody else at triple the money you know it's life when you do a booking with somebody and the price later goes up or down you're either the winner or the loser on that that's how it plays and it all averages out but gosh there's karma in life don't play dirty with people and airbnb please get your act together list prices full actual real price for the stay before somebody sues you and you're forced to do that and two when property owners are mistreating a renter you need to really come down hard on that property owner when they cancel just because they can make more money from somebody else that's not okay this is a question from Kristen. When using a terminal credit card reader at a merchant store, such as a fast casual restaurant or dog daycare center, typically an automatic tip option will pop up. Does that tip you give actually go to the person working behind the counter or does it go to the owner of the establishment? Completely depends on that business. A lot of times the money never is seen by the actual employee you're asked to tip or the money goes into some kind of tip pool kind of thing and how it's split up, nobody knows. A lot of times the employees don't know. So what I like to do is um, if I have cash with me, which unfortunately I don't carry a lot of cash anymore on my person, but I'd rather, if somebody's giving me good service, I'd rather give them directly cash rather than tipping at the terminal. And then we've got the issue of, tipping popping up all over the place you were I, really upset i just with was, what happened i was just you very surprised yes this seems like it's a trend i was in a store that i frequent and i still will um and i asked for it's a national chain and i asked for some help in selecting some some items and so this a great person helped me and i selected my items with her and usually i would go up and pay at the register but she happened to have one of those portable pay here machines and so she went to check me out. And then for the first time ever in this store, um, she handed the terminal to me and said, if you think I've given you exceptional service, please leave a gratuity. And the gratuity was just standing right there. And I had to choose what gratuity to give her on these, these items. And I was just completely taken aback. And I gave her a tip. I was so you know, surprised. But you were pretty frazzled. Well, I just surprised. was like surprised when she did that. And, and I, I thought, wow, is this happening everywhere? I don't know if this chain is experimenting with the store I go into or if it's a national thing now, but I'm definitely not going to ask for help anymore <laughs> unless I want it. Because I didn't even know what to tip when you're buying merchandise like that. It's not like food. Where I mean, this is weird in so many places, so many different levels that people are in jobs where historically there was not tipping and the expectation was that they were being paid um, an adequate wage to work there and now we're being asked essentially to be part of their employment mm -hmm. it was the tipping. best service i ever got in that store normally i can't find anyone to help me and i found lots of people willing to help me okay wait 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 so say that again because i kind of stepped over you yeah, no, that was the best service I'd ever received in that store. Usually I can't get someone to help me. And there were many people willing to help me. Okay, so we were in a country that uh, tipping is not part of their culture. It's not allowed. And it became our joke on the trip that when you go to a restaurant, 
you had to be prepared. They should have just been self-serve. You had to be prepared with your own water that you brought with you and uh, you brought plastic forks and knives at a sit-down restaurant because if one of them fell, you'd never be able to get a replacement. I mean, there there is a certain marketplace signaling that tips do potentially increase the quality of service you get because you created a marketplace incentive for that person serving you. And as you said, it was the best service you'd ever had at that chain store. So it's not like clearly something that should be going on or not going on with the tipping. It's a hard one. This is from Jessica in Georgia. Is affiliate marketing legitimate? I see a lot of videos on TikTok about people who are making money from this. I'm looking for side hustles and extra money and wondering if this is real. Okay, so Jessica, yes. Affiliate marketing links are a legitimate thing. And it's how a lot of people who are influencers are earning money. The The issue here is yes, they are earning money, but are they bought and paid for that they're saying, hey, this is the greatest thing ever. You got to try this. Look what it did for me and all that. Because they know every time somebody clicks on the link in their video or on their blog or whatever, that they're going to make money for having sent business that way. So what you got to know is anything you see where somebody's telling you today, this is the best ever. That you got to know that are they saying it as an advertorial or are they saying it because it's what they really believe in their heart and their head? This is from Josh in North Carolina. I recently started a job as a truck driver making $2,300 per week. However, I'm employed as a 1099 contractor. I've transferred $700 a week into my savings account for when I'll need to pay taxes. I read that 1099Cs need to file taxes quarterly, but it seems legal and easier to file annually. Which would be better, and am I saving enough to pay what I'll owe, or should I be saving more? So Josh, there's a real advantage to you paying quarterly estimates, and the reason is is that you can get hit with underpayment penalties when you go to file your tax. You are expected when you're working as either getting even a W-2, but maybe you have some side income or whatever, you're expected to pay in extra money over the course of a year if you need to, just to make sure you don't way underpay, underwithhold. In your case, there is no withholding, and so you're fully exposed to underpayment penalties if you don't do your quarterly filings, your uh, estimates. And so in your case, Yes, it is completely legal for you to just wait and file at the end of the year and pay what you owe, but you will be paying, in addition, taxes, penalties, and interest, and that's why it's to your advantage to pay in the quarterly estimates. So along with inflation, we got a lot of things going up in cost. I mean, you, Josh, as a truck driver, when you go in to fill up that truck, you're seeing the huge increase in the cost of diesel. But we're seeing it across forms of energy, including for energy for your home or business. But there's some simple things you can do that can help lower that energy bill at your home or business. And I want to talk about that coming up. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Over the course of the rising cost of energy, I've talked about the various strategies you can do to reduce the cost of the main drain on your wallet from your home, and that is the cost of heating or cooling, also often at a business, and the techniques of reducing the cost for heating and cooling. But there's another thing that accounts for a meaningful part of our electric bill at our home or our business, small business, and that is all the things we have plugged in. So, it was funny because CNET talked about having a protocol where you just unplug all these different things from the wall. And then when you have to use them, you go and plug them in. And that will cost you nothing other than serious aggravation. Uh, one of the things that I don't know if they talked about in their story, but another one I saw about unplugging said, hey, and by the way, you'll avoid having electronics blown apart by surges power surges lightning whatever if you have them unplugged except when you're using them okay so i am too lazy to do what cnet says and just go around and unplug things so what i did instead is i bought uh these power strips that have i guess rudimentary artificial intelligence that since when an item plugged into a power strip has not been in use for a while, like a TV, and it shuts off that individual item. These power strips, depending on where you buy them, range from very inexpensive to, well, you can manage to spend serious money on them, but you don't need to. And when one of them goes to sleep, what you do is you have like a light switch on the AI kind of power strip, and you just go and hit a button that turns it on, excuse me, just like turning on a lamp or a light switch or a power button or whatever. In the case of the ones I have, a green light goes out when it's put that item into beyond sleep. It's off now. And then all you do is you hit the button, the green light comes on, and it works again. So it is an alternative because most of us are uh, you're going to save 10% of your power bill if you do this kind of thing. If you run around and you unplug all the electrics and electronics in your house that aren't being used at the time. They used to be referred to as Draculas. You know, they were just sucking money out of your wallet, uh, being plugged in and being in standby mode or whatever. But simply by having one of these power strips you're, not, you're going to have the upfront cost of the power strip. 
but you're going to get the same savings, but probably more because you're not going to have to remember to unplug. It's electronically going to do it for you. And I want you to know we have more control, more power, if you will, over our power bills than we really give ourselves credit for. And Krista, you have some questions for me. I do. This is from Debbie in Ohio. I accidentally forgot to cancel my trial period for my Wise Cameras cloud storage. This is a new thing with the Wise Cameras. You have to download it through the Google Play app. When I saw the charge, I contacted Wise to cancel. They said I had to go through Google Play. Warning, Google Play would not refund my money. They did stop my auto subscription for next year. Isn't there something against the law to be able to cancel my subscription when requested? I'm so mad. You may want to share this with your listeners. I paid it with PayPal, and of course, they told me the same thing. I had to go to Google Play to cancel. No more wise cameras for me. So, Debbie, we're talking about the curse of the trial period. Um, Trial periods just drive me to distraction. You think about everything out there. Okay, so I read the electronic version of more newspapers than you could imagine. And I go through this thing where I just hate it with the, you can have it for three months for 99 cents. And then after that, it goes to our regular price, which they don't disclose. Just tell me what it's going to be and let me pay for it. It's big with any kind of streaming, uh, uh, most any kind of subscription now. They're all following this model that we're busy in our lives. You'll sign up for the trial period. You'll forget when the trial period ends. And then they're going to charge you for an, an whole year of whatever, at whatever pretty much they decide it's going to be. And so your beef with, um, with WiseCam and with Google is well heard and respected because I hate this business model. Although it's, as I said, it's not just them. This is really big and modern capitalism is to do the trial period, then tear your wallet apart. So the good thing with wise cams, because wise cam, the wise company, W-Y-Z-E, what they specialize in is making good enough electronics that have proven to be popular in the marketplace, you know, like a, a doorbell camera that's much cheaper than a ring and um, all kinds of different devices they make. But the cameras are where they started and where they really earned their stripes. And they always made it free. Well, they found out, hey, this isn't generating enough revenue for us. So we got to get people doing like, Amazon does with all its camera products and uh, Google does with theirs and everybody does with their cameras is they live off the subscription. But there is a thing with Wise you should know. You can use an SD card in it. Depending on the size of the SD card and the generation of the camera, it'll determine how large an SD card. You can do local storage of video on it that will give you back a day, two, whatever, and you don't have to pay anything for it. And that's one of the things I like about WiseCams is you can pay for the ongoing cloud storage, but you don't have to. A lot of the other cameras in the marketplace, their whole business model is that you have to do their cloud storage or you can't record anything on it. You can only do live views. 
And something I just wanted to mention that I've seen you do on your calendar and I'll do too is, is set an alarm or put it, put it on your calendar when your subscription is going to um, expire and like the day before put something on there to cancel it. Um, because it is so hard to figure it all out. Thank you. I meant to say that, but you know, I got distracted and I forgot. Corey in Minnesota says, I'll be traveling to Germany, Austria, and Switzerland this summer and renting a car. Is an international driver's permit required? I find conflicting information online. I know they're cheap, around $20, but I already got one in 2020, only to have it expire unused due to the pandemic. So I'd hate to go through the trouble of getting one again if it's not really necessary. Corey, I have never, ever been asked for my international driver's license. I've had one from time to time. And I stopped doing it. And just I say that, you'll go somewhere and they'll suddenly demand it. But I have never been asked to see it in any place. I've rented a car on every continent except Antarctica where you can't rent a car. I've rented everywhere in the world and never been asked to see the international driver's permit. It's not expensive. It's just a pain to go get. So one thing I want you to know about Austria Austria has a driving fee that you have to pay to be on their roads, and a lot of tourists don't know it, and you'll get a huge fine later that will either be added to your um, credit card from the car rental company, or you'll get a demand from the Austrian government for the money. Make sure you read online to understand how the Austrian drive, it's not a driving permit, it's a road use fee that is a road use fee for just being on Austrian roads. Just make sure you know about that and that you properly pay that fee so that you don't get hit with a big fine later. Um, and they say that an international permit is required in Austria, but again, I don't know that anybody has ever had a problem with that. This is from John in Tennessee. Mr. Howard said half in jest, the other half out of respect. My name's Clark. I have a question for you. While shopping for men's deodorant the other day, I stared at the vast array of options and decided to use my Target app to check how many deodorant types are available. In rural Tennessee, there are 249 different types of men's deodorant in my local Target. However, none of them are generic. No up and up or good and gather. I've never seen an Aldi brand deodorant or a great value or Walmart or a great value at Walmart. Do you know why this is? There are generics for everything else. At my in my household, we use generics for pretty much everything. As a matter of fact, I am so cheap. I read comparison charts on charts on which store brand motor oil is the best one. But I find myself feeling robbed when I shop for antiperspirants. I was curious if you had insights. So store brands have generally never done well in the personal health and beauty area. Certain things like you'll find uh, store branded shampoo many times, or you'll find discounted branded, like that's um, kind of like a cross between a brand and a store brand called Suave. Is that how you say Suave? C-U-A-V-E, mm-hmm. Suave brand. Um, but no, the this is because people are really um, self-conscious about their appearance and whether they carry a body odor or anything like that. That's why you don't generally see uh, store brand or generic toothpaste or colognes or lotions for most kind of things. And uh, deodorant is just another category that you tend not to see a store brand 
And it's just the way it is, is that it is a field that you're not typically going to find generics because of consumer behavior. Let me tell you something. If a retailer thought there was a market advantage having generics of various personal, I guess the category is called personal care items. If it's they, really deodorant, though. I mean, there are shampoos and other things I've seen, too, but deodorants is one that seems missing. Right. So if there was a place in the marketplace for it, retailers would fill it, guaranteed. And if you know of a retailer that sells generics across personal care items, please post and let us know because this has been a long-time thing. And yes, I do use deodorant. And yes, I'm forced to use a brand name just like John in Tennessee. And John, the only thing you got to do going forward, please call me Clark, not Mr. And I want you to know our mission on this podcast is specifically what John's asking about. It's to give you ideas about how to save more and spend less. I want you to have more freedom in your life and in a time where we're facing rising costs, where we're facing the first serious inflation we've really had in 40 years. It's very unsettling for people. And I want you to get as much control as you can back in your life where you can not only combat inflation, but for the most part, defeat it. And that's what we're here to do. It's just one of the things that we do. And we just updated our guide. Uh, One of our writers, great writer, Dallas Team Clark, just updated our guide on 30 ways you can reduce your expenses in your life. You can find the link in today's episode show notes at clark.com slash podcasts.